mother. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the duo. Of feathery, brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both and Zach kicking it cooler than two. Until Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on we got time for a couple more so we'll go to um, Bo and then Jamie and then Ned. good Bo right, let's go to Jamie first then Doug, why? can you hear me oh go ahead now you're good now you can't hear me yes yes you can we can oh, sorry um uh, Doug I'm curious uh hello everybody another beautiful drop from Marissa for the intro and welcome to Birds with Friends, Bo Wolf, Marissa Dunn, Zach Berman here to talk about the Eagles' 29-21 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars in a rain-soaked, windy afternoon in South Philadelphia. And through the first three games, we knew the Seagulls team could play from ahead. We knew the Seagulls team was explosive. But we didn't know how they would respond when they got punched in the mouth. Well... Down 14-0 in the first quarter after throwing a pick six and giving up an early score. The Eagles respond with 29 unanswered points and come away 4-0, getting ready for a trip to Arizona. And, Zach, uh, this was a bit of a turn the, the uh, clock back to the second half of 2021 game on offense. The Eagles running for over 200 yards. Your boy, Miles Sanders, with some career highs. And on defense forcing five turnovers against an offense that had not turned the ball over, had the best turnover differential in the league coming into the game, four sacks, two of them from Hassan Reddick, forcing fumbles, including a game winner, also a huge play, an interception in the red zone from James Bradbury, another one of your boys. And it was an impressive win. The Eagles proving once again that they can win in different ways, and they look very good. Yes, <laughs> yes, they, they looked. I thought you were gonna pitch to me with a question. No. They looked very good, and uh, they were outstanding. Honestly, in the in the sense that they 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 came back, like you said, from the fourteen nothing deficit. They were in that position seven times last year, six in the regular season, and they did not come back from that. Uh, so so that shows you a difference in this year's team. I need to say in in the in your intro. You did a really good job with the reference of planning the trip to Arizona because when one hears that, they think, oh, the Super Bowl, when That's literally right. the Eagles are going to Arizona next week. Uh, so I, I thought you were going to say, Marissa, how are you? Or Zach, how are you? I'm excited for this pod. Post-game pods are always fun. And uh, there's so much to discuss with this team. There's so much to get into with this game. I'm I'm impressed with what the Eagles are doing. I'm impressed that the fact that they can win different ways. They were the number one passing offense in the NFL going into this game. They run for 200 plus yards against the number one rush defense in the NFL. Uh, the conditions call for it. The situation call for it. But what that shows you is they can play different styles, right? It's it, and. Uh, they're, it's not the type of thing where you take out AJ Brown and they're done, or you force a, or you force Jalen hurts to pass, or you force them to run, right? They can play so many different ways. And then defensively, 
And, and I know we'll get to it, but this team is just on an absolute roll, forcing turnovers. They were plus four in the, in the, in the turnover margin today, five uh, takeaways. Just really impressed with them. So so we'll get to it, but uh, the B4 and O and the way they've done it, they deserve a lot of credit. Marissa, how are you? I'm great. I'm very excited for this podcast. I did forget my mic, so I apologize if I don't sound as good. But um, yeah, I was watching the highlights of everything, and I was like, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Obviously, a little worried about some offensive line injuries. That was, mm. you know, a focus to my attention. So I'm sure we'll get to all of that. But yeah, excited, excited to hear your takeaways from the game. All right, Zach, where would you like to start? Let's start with the defense for this one. Yeah, okay. I think we, I think we we usually, I mean, I think we did defense first last week, but I think you know, tie goes to the defense, right? Otherwise, we always go offense. We usually go offense, but the defense performance, the the defense's performance rather, and sometimes what, what, goes under the radar. What jumped out to me, like big picture about this defensive performance, is that it was sort of uh, the proof of concept game. Like this was exactly what they designed this defense to be, right? You go out in the offseason, you pay big money for Hassan Reddick to change the pass rush. Well, guess what? They didn't they're, they're, they had four sacks in this game. One of them is like, you know, Trevor Lawrence fumbles and falls on himself. Um, but like Reddick was the passer. I mean, Josh Sweat had a good game getting pressure, but two sacks, two forced fumbles, two game-changing plays. Um, the first came in the fourth quarter. It was a one-score game. Set the Eagles up to uh, score a touchdown to get to 29 points, and the second one came after a uh, like a tough decision for Nick Sirianni. It's it's fourth and three from like the 17 yard line, just after the two minute warning. You're going towards the difficult end of the stadium to kick into, where Jake Elliott had already missed an extra point and he was a bit hampered uh, after getting roughed. So Sirianni opts to go for it, go win the game. Doesn't get it. Now the hand, the ball, you know, it's in the hands of the defense. Go win the game. And on the very first play, Hassan Reddick forces a fumble, gets the, the uh, recovers it himself and wins the game. And then he runs off into the end zone and says, you know, we own this city. I own this city uh, in his, in his homecoming. Uh, but like, this was exactly what they went out and did. They went out and signed James Bradbury to fix the cornerback position opposite Darius Slay. Well, guess what? He was the only healthy starting cornerback in this game because there's no Avante Maddox. Darius Slay gets injured early and he makes a huge play getting an interception uh, in the red zone. We talked about the red zone reversion coming. This was a, a little bit of that. You did. No, we good... did. You did. So credit to you there. Okay. Well, a good, and that was a good play call by Johnny Gans, a second down blitz sending seven guys gets the ball out quick. Bradbury reads it. And uh, they also like, like th this was, if, if you were Howie Roseman and watching this game yeah. on defense, you're thinking like this, this is it. This is, you know, I got, I, jo I got Johnny Gans, the guys he wanted and he's making it work. And against an offense that has been pretty good, they got the ball out. They still got the ball out quickly and, and they were able to stop them. You know, after that, that first uh, touchdown, they didn't really do anything until the very end of the game. It was a very impressive performance. I was about to say what you mentioned there, that this was a, if you're Howie Roseman sitting in the box, watching this game, you're giving yourself a nice and dry, back, right? Because this, this is the type of game. Sorry, I mean, this very, very quickly. There was a very funny thing during Nick Sirianni's press conference where he was like, yeah, how he asked me after the game, like, Oh, did it get worse during the game? The weather. And Nick was like, yeah, it did. Like, 
Yeah, I was down there on the field. It must have been nice up there in the box. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, different jobs, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, the Hassan Reddick signing, I don't think it was a, uh, it wasn't a controversial signing at, at, at all, but it was basically made to upgrade this pass rush. And in that first game and in the second game, even when he wasn't getting sacks and it's like, uh, what's going on here, right? Does he fit in, in this scheme? The sacks today that he had, they were like Reddick type sacks, right? You, you saw the acceleration around the edge. You saw pass rush move on that second sack. You saw power. I believe it was against Jawan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's known as someone who can force fumbles, force fumbles on both of those. That's a skill now, right? Two weeks in a row, you've seen the force fumbles from him, three this season. Uh, so really impressed with Reddick. And then Bradbury, Bradbury's a bit of a stroke of luck in that right. if if the Giants they cut put Bradbury in position yeah. to get lucky. Yeah, if, if the Giants cut Bradbury in March, there's a bigger market for him. The Eagles are probably priced out of him. Uh, but considering, you know, yes, the Eagles put themselves in that position. They were opportunistic. They had money, right? They they were, uh, they, this is, this is why the Eagles like to be nimble with the cap. Hmm. So they can be in position to do it. Now, there was the a funny stroke of luck too, the- by the way, is, is if they had drafted a corner, <laughs> like if they don't make the A.J. Brown yeah. trade, and they draft, you know, Trent McDuffie, let's say, with right. with that second with with that pick, then maybe they don't sign Bradbury, but they sign Bradbury and he is like he is as advertised. He is really good. I think you get credit. You were on him first. You invented well, him. Well, no, but in in camp, I, I I thought he was outstanding and he's been that way. I, I I want you to tell the anecdote you're about to share. Yes, there was a funny, a very funny moment in the locker room. Uh Bradbury is giving his little media scrum. And uh, he's explaining, you know, what happened on the interception. And Slay pops in and, and says, y- "Y'all are asking him the wrong questions." And we said, "Well, so what's what's the right question?" He said, "How did the Giants let this man go?" Uh, which which brought the house down. And then and then Bradbury said, "Well, you're, you're gonna have to ask the Giants." Um, and it's funny because they, like everybody knows that there is like there is some animosity from Bradbury yeah. along that front because they didn't release him earlier in the yes. offseason and give him a chance to to hit a uh, a plush market. Yes. Uh, and so like we you know remember his opening press conference it was like he was asked about it and he had this big smile yeah. but he you know yep. opted not to get into it. Uh yep. obviously this is a thing that they talk about and the Eagles are as as you said the, the beneficiary of some good luck. Yes. Uh and then just the other thing too with with the defense is you look now three weeks in a row the scoring defense is what really jumps out to me, right? Seven points against the Vikings, seven points against the Commanders, 14 points today, really, because, you know, one was a pick six, right? Uh, and so so keeping points off 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 the board, that's that's a, a major thing. And then uh, and then the takeaways. And this is the you know third week in a row when we've seen this. And the reason I bring that up is because before Gannon's or I'm sorry, before week one, Gannon's press conference before week one when he asked when he was asked what do you want to see different with this defense this year or and he he said they need to affect the quarterback more they need to have more takeaways this year and they need to play with more consistency right and now that might seem obvious but they were bad at getting to the quarterback or at 
sacking the quarterback last year. They were bad at takeaways and they were inconsistent. And week one was what it was. I get it. Last season was what it was. We all heard uh, Denise talk about the the numbers and there's, there's nothing, you know, you, those were the numbers, right? You might have to get them on this week to have, to Um, to have a little Gans discussion. but, But people can get better, right? People, people can improve. People can, uh, you know, the personnel's different. He's, he's, He's more experienced, uh, and the and he's coaching, he is also here. coaching differently. Uh, yes, like, ex- you know, exactly. They have, they have made some some tweaks. You know, he's blitzing more in first and second down. Uh, it seemed like the coverage is a little bit tighter when they know the ball is going to get out. You're going in and out here, Bo. Um, Rissa, is is yeah. is that me hearing Bo later? Is Bo going in and out? No, it's I think it's Wi-Fi. Doug's okay. in town, so you know the Wi-Fi is <laughs> yes. It reverts back to 2020. Yeah. Yes. I'm yes. going to try to switch networks real quick. Okay. 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 Zach, you want to uh, keep, keep going? Yeah, so I I, I will keep going here. And and the, and the other thing I, I, I will say with this defense is Doug Peterson might either be surprised or envious that there's, the Eagles have linebackers playing this way because TJ Edwards – has been really good now for four games. Uh, Kaiser White, I have to, I have to go back and watch. I haven't watched the film yet. He's been He's good been the past really three good. weeks. He didn't jump. He didn't jump so much out today, but but uh, you know he he certainly wasn't bad. Everyone was was good. Um, you know, so so Doug was probably like, you gave me those linebackers for my last few years there, and this is who you have now. And by the way, I. Where I told you, I said to you, I joked to you during the week. It would have been, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm sorry. You finished there. I was going to say, I joked to you during the week that he he would have like gotten on the mic and said, all right, I'm here. Now you do what's right, Howie, and put Davion Taylor on the field (laughs) on defense so that I have a chance to go against him. Like these are you gave me, let me, let me go against him. And I mean, I, 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 I remember speaking to people in the building a few years ago about their linebacker strategy. And they basically acknowledged like, look, this is, this is the way we're going to do it, but we need to hit on, on some of these either late round picks or undrafted guys. And that's, what's happened with TJ. Right. They haven't changed their strategy. It's it's just hit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the same thing with, with, with Kaiser white, Kaiser white could have been Zach Brown in the past or, you know, Paul Warlow or, you go on down the list of different linebackers that they've Jutavis signed. Brown. Yeah. Corey um, Nelson. Yeah. This one just hit. So I got to give uh, across the board. Yes, exactly. Eric Wilson. So across the board um, and, 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 and we should point this out too, while we're on the topic of the defense, you mentioned cornerbacks being down since we had our last show Avante Maddox injury came up. Right. And, uh, you know, didn't practice Friday out for this game. Avante Maddox has been really good. Uh, so there were questions. What would the Eagles do at that spot? Would they move Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to, to nickel and start Kayvon Wallace? Or would they start Josiah Scott? They started Josiah Scott. But then things, you know, then all of a sudden, a few pieces in the secondary were down. You lose Slay. Zach McPherson goes in. Like you said, Bradbury was the only healthy starting cornerback for much of the game. Uh, but but they were forced to adjust there. 
Josiah Scott kind of took his lumps at certain plays, but I think it was clear. And again, I haven't gone back and watched the film. I only watched it, you know, what we saw live. Uh, it seemed their plan, especially with Zay Jones out, was to limit Christian Kirk. And that 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 was the focus of what they were trying to do. Kirk had a big play late in the game, but for the first three quarters, they did a superb job. Totally on shut him. down. Yeah. And, and he had and, to play on the outside more uh, because there was yep. no Zay Jones. And mm-hmm. and I think that yeah, that, that contributed to him getting locked up. And they they really locked did up. Damn, let me they they really did well on, on Trevor Lawrence. And and these these conditions contributed to it. I get it. Like the he the ball slipped out of his hands once. There was the the center, there was the quarterback center or the center quarterback exchange rather. I'm sorry, rather that fell out of his Damn. hands. Uh, he he fumbled the ball twice there, and the conditions have something to do with that. But the flip side to that is Jalen Hurts was playing in those same conditions. Jason Kelsey was playing in those same conditions, right? I mean, this, this was a day, and I asked Jalen about it, and Nick Sirianni mentioned it, and Jason Kelsey, you spoke to him. He mentioned it, right? Like, they were very cognizant of the conditions here. Uh, and it required you to play a certain way. And the Eagles were more disciplined in, in that regard than the Jaguars were. Yeah, Kelsey had an interesting uh, point about that, about like how how much it changed. Like you really have to be thinking about the ball. And like if you're going to go tempo, that means that you don't have time to towel off the ball. And like you have to actually change your snapping technique, things like that. There's I'll have that that quotes in the day after. But uh, I think I think what's what's really encouraging on defense is – like they're getting the turnovers, but you can't count on the turnovers, right? Like that's, it's it's that's something that is very volatile, very fickle sure. week to week. Beyond that, they've been really good. Like, uh, if let me just pull up the drive chart um, from from the game. Oh, I've lost my mouse. Let's uh, let's get this. But like uh, throughout these games. That, like it's not like last year where like it's by design they're letting him move the ball and you hope that you you stand up in the red zone. I mean the the drives in this game, punt, touchdown, fumble, but the fumble is a fourth down uh, like drop, so it's really just a turnover on downs. Punt, fumble, punt, interception, fumble, touchdown, fumble, and we're talking about uh, like after the after their opening touchdown drive, they had. Five, six, only nine first downs the rest of the game on uh, on nine drives. Like, they've been really good. I don't yes. know. So are are you offering a mea culpa on Jonathan Gannon yet? Well, I don't think I was ever uh, quite as extreme as Dane is. Um, well, but I, no, I, I mean, I never no one said, was I ex- as extreme. I mean, as, we can pull up the tape. We can pull. But up I think the you. Tape. And I don't Shiel think or... I ever said. I don't think I ever said he doesn't have it. But I said I was skeptical. I needed to see it. Um, and right now, I'm seeing it, and I give him credit. No doubt about it. And uh, he has changed his coaching style, like some of the in-game adjustments. Uh, he has grown and obviously the talent is much better. Yes. But yeah, I, I, I definitely give him credit. He's, he's not without now, uh, you know, there's a, there's a smart guy I know who, 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 um, talks a lot about football and he likes to say, 
that like this happens on the offensive line sometimes where Jeff Stoutland gets the credit for uh, everything that happens, but the players don't get the credit. And so I want to make sure that we keep that standard. So oh, I agree. Like, while we can give Jonathan yes. Gannon some credit, it's really the players who are out there on the field executing. Well, you are correct. Actually, what I was about to say was Hassan Reddick's better than Jannard Avery, right? I mean, James Bradbury is better than Steven Nelson. Uh, a lot of this has to do with the players that they have on the field. And there's this, this um, deification sometimes of coordinators, of coaches, as if Jonathan Gannon was supposed to take last year's group and make them into something that they were not. Now, he could have coached better, and he should have coached better. But uh, I, I don't think putting up a graphic of last year's numbers is entirely representative of like the end-all, be-all for Jonathan Gannon. And I, I think that's, that's, that's what we're seeing this year. So, yes, in the words of Larry Karras, and I just see Christian Scanelio says this in the chat, players not plays. Players not plays. I wholeheartedly believe that. Coaches get far too much credit. Is this is a player's game in the end? So you're taking. So you're saying that Johnny Gans does not deserve credit. I'm saying the players the player deserve more credit, and I think Jonathan would tell you the same thing. Yes. Players, formations, plays. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anything else on the defense before we before we change sides of the ball? I thought it was. Re- I mean, I really did. Like, it was really nice to see with the game on the line. Like mm-hmm. the, you know, that game had flipped a little bit. All of a sudden it was, it was actually, you know, in the uh, cards that it could be close. Like the Jaguars had the ball uh, with like 150 left, only down eight mm-hmm. points and like one play, they get it done. It was cool. You're right. Uh, uh, Jordan Davis was in my notes. Uh, I, I, he had a nice TFL. Again, I, I, I don't know what else he did, but uh, that, that jumped out. Fletcher is having a, that that's little Fletcher luck there, right? He he gets that that sack. Yeah, I mean that was um, very funny. You know, he couldn't buy a sack at times last year, and then he 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 gets that sack. Uh TJ Edwards had a line last week when he said that the, the defensive linemen are, are gonna be upset with him that he jumped on on Wentz and he got another sacks. one, but he earned the one today, right? Like sort of. yeah, but it, it was a nice, it was a nice play, right? Uh Overall, I I I thought uh, I just I'm impressed with this group. I really am. And Jacksonville, I I mean the way they came out, Doug's a good play caller. We we saw that they were able to get Agnew in the space. Um, but the Eagles made adjustments and they got to the quarterback. They got pressure. Just a lot of credit to them. Uh, if you can, if you can vamp for another minute, I was going to pull up the defensive snaps because people are asking how many snaps Jordan Davis played. Uh, for sure. Uh, so let's let's look overall too at uh, the 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 turnovers themselves. We mentioned Bradbury, but Bradbury's interception was huge there because Jacksonville was driving the score and the anticipation on that pass. Now it, it was a risky pass. From from Lawrence, he threw it to the up, uh, he threw it to the other side of the field, but Christian Kirk ran a nice route. Christian Kirk was open, and Bradbury had the anticipation there and made a play on the ball. Um, I put out a stat last week is it actually came from the Eagles, so credit to them that the 
in in terms of past breakups since 2016, Darius Slay's been one, James Bradbury's been two, and I I'm I'm working on a story where I'm looking into this and and that really is a skill like being aggressive on the ball. We talked about it last uh, we we did talk about it last week or maybe two weeks ago after after the Vikings game when um, when Slay uh, was was discussing. Um, going for the interception or or playing off, but the instincts involved in those situations, knowing the angles to go after after, I'm sorry, knowing the angles to go after the ball with, uh, that that's a skill, and those guys have it, and having two cornerbacks like that makes a huge difference. All right, your defensive snap counts: uh, only 46 plays on defense, and the Eagles held the ball for almost 40 minutes uh, of this game. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Epps, James Bradbury play 100% of the snaps. TJ Edwards plays 44 of 46. He only comes off uh, when they go dime sometimes and keep Kaiser White on the field. Zach McPherson, 43. Josiah Scott, 41. Reddick, 38. And then you get to the defensive line, 35 for Fletcher Cox, 33 for Javon Hargrave, 31 for Josh Sweat, only 19 for Brandon Graham, 17 for Jordan Davis, 12 for Milton Williams and 11 for Marlon Tui Pelotu. So uh, Jordan Davis playing a few more snaps than Milton and Marlon, uh, which has not always been the case. So a, a bit of a a nudge up. I do wonder if there's something going on with Milton Williams. because well, he was banged up. Quiet. He was banged up, right? Yeah, I think he's been banged up. I think that is yeah. maybe part of the explanation. Um, two snaps for uh, Kayvon Wallace and Dime, and then four snaps for Patrick Johnson, who suffered a concussion. Um, but made a hell a heck of a play on uh, forcing a fumble early in the game that was uh, re recovered by the Jaguars. I think that, uh, and, and this is maybe something to follow up with Hassan Reddick about, because last week in Washington, Patrick Johnson was on the field like a good amount uh, in place of Hassan Reddick. It was not like a, you know we have a we have a a Sam linebacker on the field that's Hassan Reddick. It was more of like a. I don't know, like 85-15, 80-20 split. And I wonder if, if Hassan Reddick, who is used to being on the field more, sort of appreciates being on the field as much as he can. I don't know. I mean, you want to say it's it's the same. You want to save him for the long run. You're you're trying to see the big picture, but I wonder what his perspective on that is. Fair question. I mean, I, I think most guys want to be on the field, but at that position in a game where you're getting nine sacks. Yeah. Uh and, and and so it, they know sacks are how you're paid, right? Um, I, I think, and, and we did not discuss this, but you asked Hassan last week about uh, hurries compared to sacks, right? Because some defensive people will tell you it's really the pressure that matters. And he was like, it's it's like pass breakups compared to interceptions. You, you like to get pressure. You'd rather get a sack, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay. All right, why don't we take a little break and come back and talk about the offense. Uh, run heavy, but Jalen Hurts making a play that uh, changed the tide of the game, in my estimation. Hmm. All right, back on Birds with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Zach, so first drive of the game, Jalen Hurts makes uh, probably his worst throw of the season so far. Uh, after converting on a uh, fourth and short from the, from their 30, uh, they call the quarterback sneak. I like that aggressiveness from Nick Sirianni. Uh, he throws, he sort of double pumps, throws a crosser late into what would have been a very tight window 
The ball gets deflected, goes into the hands of your boy, Andre Sisko, who uh, thong, 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 thongs it all the way into the end zone. And how would they respond uh, down 14 nothing? They did not look great on offense to start the game, but I thought the game sort of turned uh, on a, on a, on a two play sequence. It, uh, they, they score a touchdown to gut down 14, seven touchdown pass to AJ Brown, who does a lovely uh, baby celebration. I think it was a Mufasa uh, Simba thing he was doing first. And then he did a rock the baby uh, unbeknownst to him. It gets called back for offensive pass interference on Dallas Goddard. I thought it was ticky tack. You think that uh, you know the shield always knows best, uh, and then I think the, the letter of the law is okay. the thing. Yeah. So that backs them up, and it's third and goal from the sixteen. Jalen Hurts scrambles uh, up the middle to the three yard line on third down. That's enough to get them close enough to go for it on fourth, and on fourth and goal calls his number again, and. I mean, that was I, – I, I hesitate to um, to say that uh, – to uh, play into the, uh, like, masculine uh, world, uh, but that was a man's play. I mean, the way that he, he, he ran into the end zone, takes a huge hit, knows it's coming. Uh, there's – I mean, there are, like, you know, him and Lamar Jackson are the only players in the league who are making that play. And huge play, gets up, celebrates, makes it 14-7. I thought that, because if they don't get there, you know, all of a sudden it's it's still 14-0. You start to disbelieve a little bit. I thought that I thought that play was huge. And, and although that his numbers are not great over the course of this game, I think that sort of set the tone. I agree with the characterization of that play. And you know, I I I wouldn't frank I wouldn't call it a man's play, although I suppose you can. But uh, to me, it's 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 like if, if we're college football commentators. We know we're tougher than women. We know that. But this is. <laughs> well, I agree with that for sure. Um, if if he was a college football player, like uh, you'd say, that's his Heisman moment, right? I mean, every every Heisman player has that Heisman moment. Um, you think that and, was his Heisman moment? Well, maybe the touchdown run against the Vikings was up there when he came back. That was a yeah, really nice like round. And, he, better, and, he, yeah. and he dragged that in. But man, right? You, you are so he 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 tucks that away, and Devin Lloyd is waiting, right? Devin Lloyd mm. knows what they're doing, and he is waiting, and he is ready to lay a hit on Jalen Hurts, and he does, and Hurts Hurts takes it, right? And for all these people, I hate that expression for all these people because it's it's a it's a straw man, mm. and I actually liked I heard. Daryl Morey used an expression and Iron Man instead of a straw man, right? Like you, you pull up like the strongest argument. Anyways, that's an aside. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, the for the criticism that came up af after the Lions game that he takes too many hits and he's not going to survive. Um, I've been writing since the spring and throughout the summer that he's their short yardage running back. He's their goal line running back. Uh, the the numbers have his his numbers last year. He was more effective than Legarrette Blunt was in short yardage situations than Jordan Howard was during his best year in short yardage situations. Right, Jalen Hurts is their power running back. Your power running back, your goal line running back. They're 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 going to take those types of hits. Jalen knows that. 
He accepts that and he did it. And uh, yeah, that's it was a huge play in the game. And it's fourth down. What's he going to do there? Right. So if he makes a, a business decision, if you will, they don't have points and they might not win that game. Right. If it's if it's 14 nothing and they don't shift the momentum, maybe they don't win that game. Um, and I asked Jalen Hurts about that play. And it's like, you got to get it right. You yeah. got to get in. Get and in. that's and like it's it's that simple. But it's that way of thinking that endears himself to his to his teammates. And I imagine to this fan base. Yeah, and I think that, you know, this is not a team that, you know, necessarily needs, like, his leadership. You know, you've got guys like Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox. But it seems like they really are sort of taking on his personality. Um, and, like, you know, there is a there is a nice little match between, between him and Sirianni and the, the kinds of things that they value, I think. But, like, the... Uh, the quiet confidence um, and the unflappability, you know, we're, we're, we're gassing up a team that's undefeated through only four games. But I I feel like that, I feel like those, you know, they are sort of following his lead to that degree. Well said. And he is like, he, he is the the leader on this team. Right. And I don't mean to compare it to Carson Wentz, but no, I'll bring it up this there. way. You are going no, there. In 2017, so when's his second year as the quarterback? And actually, I think I, I, I think Chris Long has said this on his podcast, right? They didn't need Carson Wentz to be the leader of the team, right? They, they had right. so many strong personalities. They had so many veterans. And part of what made that work was that, like, Carson could just play quarterback, right? He, he didn't need to be the leader in the locker room. Jalen Hurts. They wanted never... to make it his team eventually. Eventually, yeah. Uh, we gotta get, we get this Jenkins guy out of yes, here. Yes, yes. Uh, Jalen, like by sheer force of personality, I don't think he can be on a team where it's not his team. And yeah. uh, he's very much like he he sets he sets the tempo in that locker room. Um, he is he's such a big part of what they are off the field and it translates into who they are on the field. Now, starting in the uh, their next offensive drive after they scored that touchdown. Well, actually before we get there, I thought I thought uh you know, for all intents and purposes the game was over um when the Jaguars were up 14-7, third and 10 and we're we're looking for big balls Doug to have a uh, a you know, a, a a special game plan. And he calls out the he pulls out the coward's draw on third and ten in the revenge game in the link, Doug. What are we doing? It was over. He's playing conservative in the second quarter, up seven points on the on the best team in the league right now. What are you doing? And it was over. And starting on that, that second touchdown drive, the Eagles sort of like totally turned the dial to we are just gonna run the ball against the uh, against the team that was the number one rush defense in the league coming in. Um and they did it very well. The last uh, the, the Eagles have played two games against the number one rushing defense in the league over the past year. This game and that Saints game last year. Yep. Both games, exactly 50 carries on exactly 77 offensive plays, over 200 rushing yards both times. Uh, Miles Sanders leads the way with 27 for 134. But just to, to close it up on Hurts, uh, 16 of 25 for 204, two sacks, uh, no touchdowns, the interception that we talked about. 
and 38 yards rushing on 16 carries, which is not super prolific. Uh, and really after that first touchdown, he didn't have a lot to do. Um, there were a couple drops, uh, a Goddard one that could have been a touchdown and an AJ Brown one uh, that uh, made them not get it on fourth down, but he didn't have, he didn't really have much to do after that. Um, even as a runner, it was mostly Miles Sanders, but I think that that, that one play was the, the snapshot moment of the game for him. Yes. Now I, I, I feel bad that we're 45 minutes into this pod and we're just now talking about Miles Sanders uh, because a huge game from Miles Sanders. You put out those numbers there, very similar to in, up to the Saints game in the sense that, uh, and I spoke to some guys about this in the, in the locker room after the game, doesn't matter who the opponent is. The Eagles believe with their offensive line, with their running, they can run on anyone. And they showed it today. Jacksonville is the number one, uh, the, the number one rush defense. And it's not as if they haven't played any running teams, right? They played the Colts. They played Jonathan Taylor who might be the best running back in the NFL. What does that team uh, stink? Yeah, seriously. They're struggling right now. Uh, so, Miles Sanders, most yards of his career, most carries of his career, uh, just really strong game. What jumps out, so he's had five, or no, I believe six now, and for full disclosure, and, and thank you, Marissa, for, for, for putting this on the screen. I have an article up now on Miles Sanders' day. You can check that out on Great the athletic. Great joke in there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he As a fan of comedy. <laughs> as a fan of comedy. He uh, he did not have that like 50, 60-yard run that really bolstered the numbers. Um, of his 100-yard games in his career for the Eagles – he his long run today, which I believe was 35, was the the second um, lowest or second shortest run, second you know second lowest yardage total there uh, of any of those. But his four yard his four runs of 10 yards or more were the most of any of the 100 yard runs. So it wasn't like the huge explosive play. It was more just those chunk plays, and he was and. Um, so what turn? There were a few. There were a few things that turned there. First off, they committed to it. Uh, Miles Sanders said they they wanted to get the outside zone going, and once they got that going, they were able to do a few things off that. Jason Kelsey had a good quote to you um, where he was taught, or in a in a group you were in rather, where he said that you know when it's the ebbs and flows of the game when you when it's not effective early, and it wasn't effective early. They had I believe eight yards in their first five carries. Um, from uh, I should say from Miles Sanders that you make adjustments uh, and and then you get it going there. Whereas when you have success early, you think it's it's always going to work and then the defense adjusts to you. But Miles Sanders has been running this way since training camp. Uh, we made the observation this summer how right he he looked stronger in his lower body. He looked more explosive. Okay the one day storyline when uh, we in the media and I put myself here because I wrote practice observations that day. It was a, a Friday in July where uh, he was he took his reps with the second team and he took umbrage to that storyline. I mean that that stuck with Nick Sirianni because I was in the middle of asking oh, Nick silly. Sirianni. I was in the middle of Nick uh, of asking Nick Sirianni a question today about uh, about Miles Sanders and. 
he raises his voice a few decibels and he says, Miles Sanders is our number one running back, right? Like that, like there is no question about that, uh, something of that nature. And, uh, but it was, it was interesting. So I asked. He's Miles, no Trey Sermon. I mean. <laughs> who I, I actually liked what I saw from Trey Sermon today. No, no, he's seven, or 19 yards on two carries. Uh, so I asked Miles Sanders today uh, after the game, what it, like, I, I asked what it felt like to have 27 carries if, if it wore on his body, if it felt, because he's, he, and he was like, he, he smiled, you know, he flexed, he literally flexed, not like the way we use it. He smiled. Mm -hmm. What, 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 like, what did he flex? His arms? Wait, sorry. His, he, he sounded his abs? No, his arms. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he flexed his arms. And his butt? Who knows? Oh, they're both. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that one. Uh, I'm just no. saying body parts he can flex. Yeah, he flexed his arms. And he said, uh, he's, he said he's not going to lie. It felt great. Uh, you know, or it felt good. He, he, didn't even, he, didn't, he didn't even realize he had 27 carries. And a few locker stalls away, there were a few guys, A.J. Brown, who like overheard this. And were like, 27 carries? Like, like they couldn't believe it either, right? That's, A.J. Brown's that's a big number. That. Um, and... He said he he's obviously never gotten 27 carries in the NFL. Last year against the Jets, he had 24. Those were the, that that was his previous high at Penn State. He said he never got 27 carries there, which actually turned out not to be the case. There was a game against Rutgers in November 2018 when he did get 27 carries. He forgot about that game. I think a lot of others might have forgotten about that game. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, it's good. You used, you used okay. the joke. It was good. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, I used it a little better in the piece. Uh, yeah. And then um, at, at, at Woodland Hills High School, uh, he said he never got it there either. He said they usually took him out at halftime, which uh, all the five-star running backs can probably nod their head in, in agreement, right? You put up such – yeah. So, uh, And then he doesn't remember doing it in youth football either. So, uh, yeah, so this is – look, players in the NFL don't often get 27 carries. Going into today, I think that, you know, I have the stat in my story. There had only been like two or three games this year where someone had 27 carries. I know Saquon topped that uh, uh, today. But point being, Miles Sanders has been waiting to be the bell cow, right? And, uh, and he, he was that today. And he proved that he was he was legitimately good. So uh, I'm going to give you my honest Miles Sanders take here. I'm happy. You didn't for think him. he was good. I thought he was better today than I have seen him be in a very long time. I thought wow. he had some really tough yards, but uh, moving the pile in tough tough spaces. I thought he followed blocks very well. I'm happy for him. My honest thought today was, man. If this offense had a real running back, they would be unstoppable. Interesting. So I okay. All right, keep going. Exp I just you know, you know, build upon that. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I just, I don't think he's. You don't think he's a real running back? I think he is a replacement level starting running back. I think he is an average starting running back, and I don't think, and I think they have, I, you know, I, I. I would do the same resource allocation they have done. Uh, I would, I, you know, I'm not looking to like 
sign a running back uh, at, to- at top money, obviously. You know, maybe maybe you could argue for drafting one in the third round or something like that. But, like, he's not special. And Whoa. It's I mean, I know. We started this podcast at 1045. You should have brought this up earlier. This is, come on, this is like the A block of. of Why? Uh, you got, I mean, if, if. Uh, I think he's, uh, this is, I think this is, this is I a big discussion. I think he's, he's good. I don't think he's great. Okay. I mean, I mean, we're talking about what, 134 yards that is, is career high. Like, you know, well, I mean, he's he never had this type of volume. offense. Yeah. But like, I don't know, man. He, he's, I mean, he was better today. Like, I mean, last week he missed a ton of stuff. Um, but like, if you're, if you're saying like, um, what's the starter, like what's the position where you could trade for a starter who's going to really change the offense. That's the position to me. I don't know. So what? So I also don't think, I also don't think they need, like, I think he's good enough for what they need. So let's workshop this. Okay. The, in 2017, they trade for Jay Ajayi. The delta between Jay Ajayi and the other running backs they had. Do you think that is more significant or less significant than the delta between a running back they can acquire and Miles Sanders? Well, I mean, who's, who's out there? Well, you're the one who 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 brought this up. I I don't think they they need to go and trade for a Miles Sanders replacement right now. You seem to. No, I don't think they need to either. Um, your your point was if they had a real running back. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not. Like, that's not me saying go trade a go trade a first round pick for Christian McCaffrey or something like that. Oh. That's me saying like you know, if only if only he was a little bit better. I'm not suggesting would, that I don't know that that they needed to give him a contract extension. I think there's, there's which I think would, I, which I don't think they will do, and I think yeah. that would be a bad thing to do. Yeah, but I think that there's there's more meat on the bone here, right? I think he's a better player than what we've seen. I think he's been more decisive this year. We've seen him have explosive plays. He can be elusive. He can he can make people miss. He can break tackles. I, I don't think he's I don't think he's a replacement level running back. That said, the point I thought you were going to make is that more of the story was the offensive line, and that I can get behind. Well, I, I probably think that's can't get behind. True. I can't get behind the idea that he's not a, a real running back because I didn't say I, that. I think you used that word. Is it? Isn't that the term? I he said used he's. A, I, I said he's an average starting running back. No, I think you said if they had a real running back. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I said that earlier. Then I then I uh, explained we, what that meant. Marissa, can you weigh in here? I'd have to go back and listen to the okay. tape. I, mean, I don't want to quote most, anybody. We've said, this, we've said this before. It's the most running back friendly offense in the entire league. You get to play next to Jalen Hurts and behind the best offensive line in the league. Right? Like, that's not, for, for me, you know, it's impossible. Yeah. For a start for a starting running back in the NFL, that's not hard. He, he, was, so, he, was, he was awesome today. Be, like, got tougher yards than I have seen him get in a very long time. I was very impressed with him and I was happy for him. But there are there are, you know, 15 better running backs out there. Okay. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm I might say 10, but or 12, but yeah, I, I won't disagree with you there. My question is this, okay? I'll, I'll I mean, like uh, part if, of the part of Miles the Sanders did not play today. The, the the offense 
when when Jordan Howard was in last year, the offense was just as good, right? When Boston Scott was in there, yeah, that's true. I mean, the Lions game, you know, Miles Sanders goes down against the against the Raiders the next week against the Lions. They have their best rushing performance with Boston Scott as their top running back. I get that. So so let me ask you this: If Miles Sanders was not on the field today, if the backfield was Kenny Gainwell, Trey Sermon, and Kennedy Brooks, okay? Would yeah, they I'm have the sure. same rushing performance? No. He's okay. better than those guys. Okay. If it yeah. was Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, and Trey Sermon, what's the performance today? I think it's I think it's not as good as it was today. I think he was very good today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 my point is is that look, I've I've been critical of him in the past. And when he has 134 yards and he's he's uh you know his 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 run success rate this year as as you know measured by epa is the best it's been in in his career um he's playing better this year he played well today i i'm going to give him credit when credit is due i look no, i'm not going to die on credit like, I, I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? And and look, I, I see there's a commenter here who's making it seem like I'm a shill for this team. I'm no, simply saying this. Yeah. When when uh, when you rush for 134 yards, okay, I'm not going to come onto the pod and be like, if only they can upgrade on Miles Sanders. Like, that's not the hill I'm going to die on tonight. Uh, who's dying? <laughs> I'm just telling you what I thought. <laughs> I'm trying to be honest with you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, anyways, uh, good. I mean, I mean, let's just let, let's just be fair. Like, twenty-seven for one thirty-four is not like Walter Payton. Like, we're so like well, you know. I mean, that's a very not, pedestrian best game ever. Like, if you told me that Boston Scott had a hundred thirty-four yard game, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, look, it, it's it's just about five yards per carry. It's what four point nine six yards per carry. Uh, he averaged, he was really, really good today. I'm not, uh, but like, he doesn't deserve a parade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're talking about the game that just occurred. He rushed for 134 yards. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm uh, okay. Okay. I, 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 I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> this Marissa, what do you think? It's all about the offensive line, I'm, anyway, right? I'm well. I'm staying out of this. Um, this is going to be like the new running bit between the two of you. Yeah. I mean, this some is, of these comments. Great the, podcast. Some podcast. of these comments I mean, are, are cutting deep here. Zach equals replacement level analysis. Oh, Man, no. that that one hurts. Lock em. That Lock no, em. no, no, no. I I I will get better. It, what do you mean get I, better? But, I will but, say the vibe from the chat is very split. Like there's a lot of people that agree with what Bo's saying, and then there's a lot of people that are on Team Zach here. So interesting discussion, I think. Yeah, I again, I'm not saying that like they should have gotten some someone better, or like they need to go out and get someone better. I'm just dreaming about what if they had someone better like there would there would be nothing to stop this offense that's all okay yeah sure but i i i don't believe that the delta between the running back that they would acquire and what about Miles the Sanders, uh, american airlines between okay the difference between the player that they would acquire what about the ryanair like short of of acquiring christian mccaffrey which is not like i think christian mccaffrey is a top five running back 
Short of that, I don't think there's a player they're going to get who you're going to say, okay, now their running game is so much better now that they have this player. Whereas when they acquired Jay Jai, I thought they had a very pedestrian backfield in 2017. And I thought Jay Jai gave them an element that they did not have. Um, I think they can either improve upon Miles Sanders or there's not a big drop-off for Miles Sanders next year if they draft someone in the second round. But again, when you when you have 134 yards, you say it's on 27 carries. He had four carries of 10-plus yards, right? That's that's good, right? I, I know he was going behind a good offensive line, but that's that's still productive. We should, though, talk about that offensive line. Yes. Do you want to really quickly go through it, though? Do I want to go through what? And backs in the league. You're breaking up right now. Can you? Am I, am I good now? Am, am I smooth? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Niners. Elijah Mitchell, if healthy. No, nah, I would take Miles Sanders over Elijah. I Mitchell. would take Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Seahawks. Rashad Penny. I would take Miles Sanders over Rashad Penny. Yeah, toss up. I would take Miles Sanders probably. Uh, Arizona. You're not taking. No one's taking James, James Conner. Yeah, Rams. I think Sanders Danny is Harris. fine. I need yeah. to see more from Cam Akers. I'm not. I'm not definitely yeah. taking those guys. Falcons, Cordero Patterson. I like a Cordero Patterson, but I'm still taking Miles Sanders probably. Okay, you take Christian McCaffrey. You take Alvin yes. Kamara. Yes, I would take Alvin Kamara. Leonard Fournette. I'd probably take Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you you would definitely take DeAndre Swift, Philly Roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery. Either those guys no. do something for you? I mean, the Eagles had the chance of taking David Montgomery over him. They took they took Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders is better. Okay. Aaron Jones, yes. A.J. Okay. Dillon, yes. I don't know about A.J. Dillon. Still need to see I, more. No, I AJ think Dillon. I would take A.J. Dillon. Okay. And I'm not even thinking twice about that one. Uh, Dalvin Cook? Yes. Uh, not Antonio Gibson. Saquon Barkley? Yes. Mm, that's, a, that's a dagger in his heart. Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, yes. Tony Pollard, your boy. Mm-hmm. I'd, probably, I'd probably still take Miles Sanders. Okay. That's 10 in the uh, NFC. Um, Josh Jacobs. Wait, are you in, in, including Elijah Mitchell in, in these 10? Cause you picked Elijah Mitchell. There was one where I'm not sure if I counted mine or yours, okay. but I wasn't okay. counting mine. In it. I think it might've been nine for you in like 12. Okay. 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 Yes. Josh okay. Jacobs. I'd probably take Josh Jacobs. Yes. Well, like now I wouldn't take Josh Jacobs. Okay. Uh, Austin Eckler, we would both take. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. No. Okay. Uh, would you? Well, Javante Williams. Yes. Haven't seen enough yet, and he's and he's like, he might be out for the year. Well, easily yes if he's healthy. Not Melvin Gordon. Uh, Damian Pierce. No. I don't know. Maybe Derrick Henry. Yes. Jonathan Taylor? Yes. Uh, James Robinson? No. Najee Harris? Yes. Okay. Joe Mixon? Yes. Nick Chubb? Yes. Kareem Hunt? I don't know. Probably so. Mm -hmm. J.K. Dobbins? I'm I'm bigger on Dobbins. I I, I didn't watch the game today. So I, I don't know how he's look coming back from that injury. Brees Hall? Not yet. No. I mean, I like Brees Hall coming. Damian I, Harris. I, 
Uh, no, I would not take Damian Harris. I would take Damian Harris. Ramondre Stevenson? I would not take Ramondre Stevenson. Any of the Bills guys? Not yet, no. Chase Edmonds or Raheem Mostert? No. Okay, so you're at 17. I'm okay. higher, but you're still at 17. Okay. I mean, some of those, though, like you, you have to factor in contract. You have to factor in age. So, well, yeah, but that's not that's not the point. The point is just like. So if, if he's in that 12 to 18 you, right? range, I'm just saying he's in that 12 to 18 range. You're not. Well, I, I, you're going 12 to 18 range when you had 17 guys, whereas to me it was like 24. So it's the it's the it's not the 12 to 18 range. It's the 16 to 24 range. Once again, I've got like this is I don't think this is the day for you can't change the framing the, on me like that. 12 to 18 when it's 17. Bo, I, I just think it's it's very bold um on a podcast when a guy has a career high in, in rushing to let's talk about which guys we would replace him with, right? Like that is you want to talk it's about like We're gonna, I mean you know? like skip I mean skip Bayless is going to invite you to sit next to him on his show. I mean, I mean, Zach, he is the takesman. He is the takesman. Seriously. Seriously. It's like we're having a conversation. I'm trying to get some receipts here. No, seriously. You walk into first take tomorrow and you're like, (laughs) okay, guys, Miles Sanders just had his, 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 his career high. Let's do a segment. Which running backs in the league do I want over Miles Sanders? Right? Like that's, that's seriously how, how they operate. We, we need the, the, uh, that needs to be in the, in, in the promo. Let's talk about who we can replace on the day they had their career high. This is ridiculous. I won't take these these journalistic fronts. Uh, the All offensive right. line. Offensive line was great. We do have one more ad break. Just yeah, I know. Here. I know. Yeah. Because we still got to get the swoop or two. Uh, Jordan Mailata uh, goes down, gets injured on the pick six, hurts his shoulder. Jack Driscoll, who's a, a right side usual guy. Uh, we were wondering who the backup left tackle would be with Andre Dillard out. Steps in. And I thought he he got uh, worked over a little bit early, was getting overpowered, like guys were getting into his chest. But then he settled in. And I thought Jason Kelsey said something really um, – and I hate to, like, always give Kelsey credit as the guy who's saying the uh, interesting thing, but it just happens to be that way a lot. Um, but he framed it right that, like, any time – and this goes for – not just not just Jack Driscoll and Sue Opeta, who goes in for Isaac Samalo, but also Josiah Scott and Zach McPherson. He said, like, what what you really want when you have somebody go in is that you don't have to change the way you play. You don't have to change the game plan. You don't have to change what you're doing to account for like a glaring weakness and really cover for somebody. And he said that's he said Jack Driscoll was the player of the game in his opinion. So in in, in my Ears, that's him throwing Miles Sanders under the bus, Zach. I'm, I think he's telling you that Miles Sanders, despite having a career best game, was not the player of the game. It was Jack Driscoll instead uh, because he said he was one-on-one for mo- most of it, going up against a guy like Josh Allen, who's very talented. Um, and they were able to do what they wanted to do. They didn't have to change much. Now, By the way, this isn't helping I- your argument because then by that argument, why even have Jordan Mailata on the field? Why, just have Jack- why not just have Jack Driscoll? But that's besides. What do you mean? That doesn't. That, I don't understand what you're saying. You were saying that anyone could have stepped in for 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 Miles Sanders and had had that game. Basically, that's not what I was saying. Okay, but we. That's I'm not sorry, what I was saying. You keep perverting what I was saying about Miles Sanders. Um. Let's. I, I apologize. I I should not overstep on this left tackle conversation because it is an important one. 
Please. Anyway, please. I thought Driscoll held his own. Yeah. And the, you know, we're going to find out because uh, Milana said he has an MRI tomorrow. Dillard uh, is eligible to come back this week. It sounds like he's maybe not quite ready, but we'll see. Brett Toth is also available to come off PUP this week, and he has some left tackle experience. But given the way that um, Trisco played, I would imagine that if Mylotta can't go, it'll it'll be him in Arizona. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Jordan Mylotta. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Jack Trisco. If you recall the press conference that Jeff Stoutland had before the season, he said it's time for Jack Trisco to. Mm play all the spots like Big V did, right? And I and asked him been, why I didn't spend much time on the left side. And he said, well, I did spend time on the left side. And I said, well, yeah. yeah, but not in practice. Like, And he said, well, yeah, you know, he's, he, we're working on it. And guess what? He's been working on it. Yeah, I, I was impressed with, with, with the way he played. I, I thought that was uh, that was a big part of the game. And I don't know if, if like uh, Kelsey said, he's the player of the game. But certainly in terms of, the, of on the value scale, that was very important. Okay. Anything else on the offensive line before before we go to break? Uh, Lane Johnson continues to play really well. I think that's, he does. That's uh, true. Um, and uh, it was the Rastafarian Nene's off after the game. Still, still shivering. Why was he? Okay. Um, we don't have much on. <laughs> wow. Thanks for the, selling that. The same Mala. The the same Malu Opeta. Uh, switch there. We'll we'll see what's all going limbs on were guys. connected as far as I saw uh, in the locker room. I will say that. Okay, it's always like it's awkward. You're like, uh, uh, hey Isaac, you good? He's like, yeah, I'm good. Like, yeah, I can like, but yeah, but like, what's really the injury? Like, what's the timetable? Are you gonna be back soon? Are you out for the year? And what's give me the deal? But <laughs> you try to find out. Try to have some clues. Derek Barnett said he was good after week one, and then he tore his ACL. So yeah. Yeah, so so we'll see what happens with uh, Jordan now. Jordan did come back out onto the sideline, as did Derek Slay. They were still in uniform, but uh, neither one returned to the game. How did you feel about Derek Slay getting introduced in the lineups as Big Play Slay? That's his nickname. He doesn't like to be called Darius, and... It's pregame introductions on the scale. Do you think we're playing into this a little too much, though? I mean, you, your, your name is your name. He, like, he does he does not want to be called it's not a he hate me type well thing. i mean we don't call you your name what good you point mean? marissa just saying like what's your birth name yeah but we're not talking about birth names like his his his, his, well, his he doesn't go by big play i mean he tries to he goes by slay but like maybe that's a nickname for darius never know well it is but i'm just like i know but you know, you know. we're gonna we're going to start using like pro football reference things like Sam Bradford gets introduced as like Mr. Sleeves or something. You're Mr. Dixman. <laughs> he, he wants to be known as Slay or Big Play Slay. I call him Slay because that's what he asks to be called. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think that is. Now we see Bo is, is frozen here, which is actually. You could really, you could really the... take advantage of that and ask him to come. You know what happened? It's it's the time of night when my my uh, laptop switches to night mode, and so everything like <laughs> flashes for a second. Okay. Uh, yeah, Slay. I hate wants the night to be mode. Slay. I don't want the night mode ever. Yeah. I gotta just turn it off. So I, I I see in the comments why do all the reporters now call Gannon G, uh, JG? I call him Jonathan 
Um, he said last year to call him Jonathan or JG, just don't call him John. Uh, so you can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner, you know, <laughs> but no, I, I, I thought Marissa had a really good point. Uh, so you feel strongly about this, this lay thing. You don't want to be called by your given name. He doesn't want to be called by his given name. All Those he needs are to do not analogous. If, if he had the Eagles put in the program, big play slay. It would be akin to you having on your byline Bo Wolf as a no, it to wouldn't. Those two things are not analogous. I've been going by Bo my entire life. It's a name. Big play is a nickname. It's not a name. Uh, just, just, just don't call him Darius. He does not want to be called Darius. No, he doesn't want to be called Darius, but he doesn't mind like Darius Slay is the full name. Sure. Okay. So I, I honestly. We spent more time on this than I expected. I don't have a strong opinion on the pregame. Are you Zach or Zachary? I prefer Zach. But is your name Zachary? My name is Zachary. Okay, you fraud. No, if someone called me. No, if if someone called me Zachary, I I wouldn't uh, like be offended. Yeah, but you can't you can't come at me for Bo and Robert when you're Zach and Zachary. It's the same thing. I actually don't believe that's the same thing. No, because you, no, I, I don't believe that's the same thing. First off, Zach is short for Zachary. If you go by Bob instead of Robert, that's one thing. But by the way, I'm, I'm not getting sucked into this, okay? Uh, we still I, have an ad break. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a strong opinion on on this topic. I think uh, they the Eagles need Slay back in the lineup. He is an important player for them who's been playing well. I thought McPherson played fine today, but obviously when you have Slay and McPherson together, it's much better. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I am exhausted. I'm not feeling 100% right now. Um, <laughs> I did, We don't need to go into this conversation. All right. Let's go to break. We'll be back and talk Swooper. All right. Back on Birds with Friends. Robert, Zachary, and Marissa. Uh they're showing I'm, I've got NFL network on their show in which we didn't talk about the little, the moment with Doug Peterson after the game with Jason Kelsey. I and, wanted to and ask and about Austin. that. He yeah. Gets, he gets uh Kelsey gets Doug's jacket. And then there was a very nice moment with, with Peterson and Jalen hurts. Hertz said he thanked him for, you know, being the reason that he's here because he was the, the coach who drafted him. And uh, Doug said that uh, he said something along the lines of like, he's proud of him for uh, being, becoming the leader that they, they thought that he would be. So. Nice little moment. Appropriately uh, cheered by everybody when he came out, although the stadium was about half empty at that point. Um, but it was nice nice to see Doug. We saw him in the bowels of the stadium uh, after uh, the press conferences. You know? I don't think he, well, he... I thought he took his foot off the pedal a little bit. Wasn't super aggressive, but that's all right. So, so Marissa had a question for us. Did you? Uh, oh no! I just was. Okay. If if you guys had any more info on, I saw the clip of Kelsey and and mm -hmm. uh, Doug changing, uh, getting his jacket. I thought that was pretty cute. I like stuff like that. Lane said that he and he and Kelsey got a little emotional. Yeah, there's genuine affection for Doug, and and I enjoyed watching. I, I saw the Jaguars put up a like two and a half minute video of Nick. I'm sorry, of Doug after the game from the time he shook Nick's hand to all the people who came up to him. You saw 
Dom DeSandro, the Eagles vice president of team security. You saw Jeff Stoutland. You saw Marcus Epps, Lane Johnson. Pete from the equipment staff. Yeah, Peter Gold from from, uh, uh, from the equipment staff. So a number of players. Um, and and uh, coaches, Roy Itzvin, the uh, assistant offensive line coach. And, yeah, there's there's genuine affection for Doug in that building, and rightfully so. There's five years of memories that cannot be taken away, five years of accomplishments that cannot be taken away. Sometimes things run their course. Coaches move on. Players move on. But, uh, look, I, I, know, I mean, Chris Long was in the house today, and he got a standing ovation. There's going to be a time when I hope this year, at least, or imagine this year, at least, that Malcolm Jenkins comes back, right, and he'll get um, – I mentioned standing ovation, right? There's, there's uh people. Furious at Zach McPherson. <laughs> there's uh yeah. So that the, Brad the, Selleck uh, will come back and, and want his 90th <laughs> ovation. Well, he, he's wearing he, the only, yeah. the only person who will ever wear 87. He's, he's there quite a bit. I, uh, yeah, I saw Brent at practice last week. And so, uh, Just I, I, I walked into the stadium today with Trey Thomas. Yeah. There's, there's he's a lot of, you guys, I mean, obviously, you're, you've always been connected ever since you drafted him in the first round of the Luriera draft. <laughs> the the first day I ever did television in, in Philadelphia uh, was with Trey Thomas. and oh, No wonder you drafted him. And it was uh, the set at the time at Comcast Sportsnet was, um, <laughs> you know, it, you, you weren't sitting on a uh, – like there was no desk in front of you. It was a, a round table type thing. So if you can imagine the visual of Trey <laughs> Thomas in one seat and me in the other seat and me in the seat next to him. And it's like, we're introducing, you know, I was at the Philadelphia Daily News at the time. We're introducing, you know, this, this new writer for the Daily News, Zach Berman. And here I am. And I literally looked like I fell out of Trey Thomas's pocket. Like he had, like he, he had this, this 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 little kid in his in his pocket wearing this suit who like fell out and climbed into the chair. That's exactly what it looked like at 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 that moment. And uh, you know, it was a good lesson for me then. You know, they they tell players like don't uh, don't read your Twitter mentions after a game or. And I, I remember after the show reading my Twitter mentions. And, uh, yeah, it was a good lesson for me about like, uh, developing thick skin because, uh, that, that, that was some introduction to television in Philadelphia. All right, Zach. Well, speaking of thick skin, how has, uh, the last few days gone for you as you reflect upon the swooper that was, um, I mean, look at it, it. I, I stated my opinion there. I, I hold no, I hold no beef with uh, Denise here, um, because That's not how it sounded. No, I it it was more the overall. I mean, I mean, my sentiments weren't to him. He's he's doing the job we we tasked him to do. It was more an assessment of our podcast overall and that segment in particular. A little bit the, divisive with the listeners. Some people that, not uh, not liking it so much, but those listeners, unfortunately, uh, Denise is going to make them pay too. Yeah. As, so, as I, the so, one thing that I think we could tweak on Super is I feel like we could move a little bit quicker through the bidding okay. process. I feel like there's maybe a little bit too much dead time in the air. So, so my view 
on the segment is it is a means to discuss the game, right? It's a create, it's essentially, yeah, that's, well, that's where you're wrong. It's essentially a creative entry point to, and it started with us predicting things that would happen in the game. And it's a way to discuss what will occur in the game or what won't occur in the game. And it has morphed from that into a, a, uh, a game theory class at Penn. Hmm. Right. Uh, and so I, I, yeah, I think we have gone astray from the typical intention of it. I'm happy to play along with what, what, what well, I will, but what I, I will push, push back on is that like anything in life, if I took time to prepare for the game theory element of it, I would do, uh, I, 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 I mean, I think I, I would do far better. The amount of time that I allocate to swooper overall and to the sh bidding strategy is very low relative to the amount of attention that it seems to draw. Uh, so whether that's good or bad, but my overall point is, is that the segment is supposed to be a way for us to talk about the upcoming game and it's deviated from that. I think where you're, where you're wrong is that it's important that you have that point of view, but the real point of the segment is a character study of you. Like, well, I, I certainly hope not. I think and for the listeners, that's the hook. I'm going to have to agree with Bo on this one. Yeah. Well, okay. Like well, the listeners uh, love the reaction that this game brings out of you, Zach. That's part of the fun. I mean, that that is not my finest moments. Although I I, I do have a strong opinion that uh, that sometimes we tend to judge people by optimum performance as opposed to regular performance. And so it, it's, it's very important that the regular performance, who you are all of the time is, uh, is, or I should say typical performance. If, if, if you're uh, judging it, who you are all the time matters. So yeah, I, I need to be better and I will be better. You don't need to be better. You just need to be yourself. Yeah. My friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't. Change. All right. Well, uh, to spin it on how things went today, Zach, you only had two, but you did very well. Doug Peterson goes for a fourth down of four more yards. You did not get this. I know, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, you were keeping good track, but Doug only, they only had five fourth downs in the entire game because they had so many turnovers. They did go for it uh, once. We'll get to that, but none uh, from beyond four or more yards. But you did get a player from either team scores a touchdown for the first time this season. Your boy Jamal Agnew making that happen for you. So one for you. Of course, this was a, a two-point week uh, in terms of the stakes. Marissa, Doug Peterson goes for it on fourth down at least one time. You paid up big. You made Zach pay up big, and you got that one. You had Evan Ingram leads the Jaguars in receiving yards. Uh, big, big no on that one. And the Eagles have a play on offense that is longer than the longest Aaron Sipos punt. A good wager, but um, 35 yards a Miles Sanders run was the longest play of the game. Sipos had a longer punt, so one for each of you. I had six, but not super, uh, not super productive. Uh, they were all, they were, most of them were all low value scores, and they uh, reflected to be as such. A non-quarterback attempts a pass, didn't happen. Doug tries a trick play. He really let us down here on this one. Didn't happen. Dallas Goddard has over 100 receiving yards. Looked like it might have a chance at one point. Didn't happen. Uh, the Eagles have a scoreless second half. 
Didn't happen. The Eagles score a touchdown out of empty. Thought it might happen. Almost happened when Goddard dropped his would-be touchdown. That would have been it. Didn't happen. The Eagles convert first downs, including touchdowns, on more than 25% of their first down plays. I don't think it happened. Um, I'm almost positive it didn't, but I haven't actually looked it up. And then the Eagles have more plays in the game than the Jaguars do, in which the number of yards gained by a player on the play is the same as the jersey number of the player who gained them. I think this did happen. Hertz had at least two one-yard runs, uh, and I don't think the Jag. I'm not sure the Jags had any, but it doesn't matter because even if I have one, it's still a tie. And so a tie means that next week is worth three points, a chance for somebody to take the lead. Crazy. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's entertainment for the audience, and anything for our audience is good. So looking forward to it. So I was explaining to my friends um, today, Swooper, and they're like, what do you get if you win? I was like, well, the satisfaction of winning. But when you guys were just talking about the it's turned into a game theory class at Penn, I feel like we should get like class credit, like, you know, mm. some some something like that, like, you know, a certificate maybe that we took one of Denise's classes. Like, so I've already spoken more to him. appealing to you, Zach, like if you know, well, no, I've I've already spoken to him. I've already spoken to him about auditing a, a class. So uh, I'm going to do my best. You know, the, the schedule in the. Uh, spring semester is a little, you know, we have more flexibility, but there's times when we travel or, you know, I, uh, the, the class is in the afternoon and I have to pick up the kids from school, but I am going to try my best to at least learn some more about this. Cause I, I think it, it can be applied to my own life, but yeah, I, I like your point, Marissa. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to like think we're getting like, better at this. Yeah. Some sort of certificate from yeah. that says pen on it. Like, you know, I would like that. You know, Fishing football program of, yes. Yeah. Speaking of Penn, uh, another big win for Princeton this weekend. Mm-hmm. For Get all our dub teams. Over, uh, over Columbia. I mean, we only have one team. True. So, Coach Flynn. Coach Flynn. Uh, oh, no. It, it was Andrew. also a big win for Penn. I, I believe they won in overtime against Dartmouth. So they are now 3 0. They okay. are, well, they're a Philadelphia <laughs> team, right? They're a Philadelphia team. So, yeah. Well, they're rivals of the official team of the podcast. I I root for the wide receivers coach at Princeton. I don't re- root for the program overall. I want the what? wide receivers coach to do well. No, I've stated this. It would be it. Uh, yeah, I, I of the Ivy League programs, I would support Penn over Princeton. I've stated that. Okay. You're a villain. You deserve everything that Dennis sends your way. <laughs> we got a new takesman in town over here <laughs> yeah all right uh well this has been a long episode so maybe much longer to, than i thought it was going to be to wrap it up um a big win Wait, for the well, eagles go ahead a shout out to well oh bad news to the browns unfortunately uh oh. had a tough day there but <laughs> yeah. no but no what we, we need to i, I mean as you can see, Marissa's in a hotel room. She's down in Atlanta. Yes. Um, so uh, she saw the Browns. Tough, A tough day for the Browns, but something to build upon. I was yeah. going to say shout out to uh, DFOP Andy, who met us yes. uh, before the game. Nice. Uh, for, what was what was her name? I forget. This is going to make us look bad. 
Why'd you bring it up if you didn't know, Bo? I have to give a shout out to thank you to Andy. I have to give a shout out to very um, nice. He came all the way over from across the pond. It was it was was great. You get an underdog signed. That's awesome. It was great to meet them. And I appreciated the nice words they had about the podcast. I mean, frankly, I liked her more than him. But I just, you know, (laughs) I can't remember the names. They were both lovely and fantastic accents. Love an accent. Okay. I have to give a default shout out to my um, friend TJ who had a baby today for the Eagles win. So he had the baby. Well, <laughs> his beautiful wife Brittany had the baby. So shout out to TJ and Brittany and uh, little Luca James. So little new Eagles fan. In, mm, in Luca, that reminds yeah. me of my cackle in the press box uh, when they panned to the sideline during the Patriots game and there was Matt Patricia. Sitting on the mm-hmm. sideline with a big old Italian flag on his jacket. It's very funny. <laughs> oh, because it was the week they got to wear. Yes, yeah. so it was International yes. Heritage Week. Yes, he, I yeah. yelled yes. at Michael because he somehow missed the memo on that. So. Oh, Michael. Yep. yep. I was like, yeah. the Browns sent out this thing about the players that were participating. I was like, why the heck aren't you doing this? He's like, I didn't know about it. You know, normal. So. <laughs> and you can Man. read about the Eagles' involvement. Okay, you do. You can read about the Eagles' involvement on the on the athletic. I spoke to Jordan Mailata, Britton Covey, and Marlon Tupilotu. I'm sorry, Tupilotu about this last week. I did not get a chance to speak to Sua Opeta um, or uh, Zach Pascal uh, about their involvement, but uh, you can check that out on the athletic. That's this week and next week. Nice. Yeah, I thought I thought Mailata's comments on that were particularly interesting. I thought you did a good job getting that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, anything, uh, Zach? We're 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 gonna get to talk to your boy Zach tomorrow. Yeah, look forward to speaking, to Zach. Speaking of someone who just had a baby, uh, mm-hmm. his wife had a baby um, a few weeks ago. Zach Madden. Ertz, this is yes. Uh, and Zach Ertz found the end zone today and did the cradling celebration that AJ Brown was doing. Although Zach oh, Ertz is counted, uh, we're gonna have a chance to that's speak. A, to Zach that's Ertz. a Roberto Baggio to me. Ah, uh, yes, the. Yeah. I did that. I did that uh, after that. So it would have been what ninety four. I would have been eight years old. I and when I scored a goal in soccer, then I did it like I, as if I had just had a baby. It's like it's my celebration too. It's just so premature. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Cardinals week. Uh, what's your only line? You always put that in in your day after. I know you filed the day after. Five and a half or six, depending on where you look. Eagles five or and a half or six. Wow. I think maybe up to six and a half. So Rose favorites. Six. Yes. That's a big number. That shows the respect the Eagles are having. Cardinals not playing well this year, but they were a playoff team last year. They're two and two. Uh, they had a win against the Panthers today. And the Eagles being five and a half or six point favorites, that 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 shows you that uh, Vegas has certainly caught up to the Eagles. The Eagles covered today. We thought that was a big line last week. Mm. They covered today. Well, the Cardinals stink. So we'll see how it goes. But all right. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening, especially the sickos among you who are in the live chat. And that'll do it. We'll talk to you later this week. So for Zach and Marissa and Miles, I'm Bo. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. The Eagles are 4-0. and The only undefeated team left. They look like one of the best teams in the league. Still haven't put together a full game, and yet they are winning with ease. So... Things are good in Philadelphia right now. For all of us, as always, we love you.